This is a Bureau of Science public health announcement. A worrying trend has developed that endangers the physical and mental health of everyone in the UK. If you have any of the following symptoms, please seek immediate advice. Runny nose, fatigue, aching muscles, dry cough, dehydration. If you have these symptoms, it's very possible you may have been on a long run during winter. Continued exposure to this can make you bang on about it to anyone that will listen. Please, we urge you to self-isolate, both physically and digitally, so we don't all have to hear about how nice it actually is to get out really early in the morning to do 15 miles. No one cares. Run, go home, shut up. Thank you. to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running and we're back for episode 76 and our first episode of 2022. Uh, We took a little bit of an extended break at the end of last year but just want to say if you've missed us you need to get a life. That's tragic. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a podcast. Get over yourself. Yeah. Go outside. Do some running instead. (laughs) Is that our Wait. Is that our message? Yeah. (laughs) Really? Go out for a run. Stop. Oh God. Listen, go out for a run without your headphones, listen to the birds oh, and oh, the traffic and the police on. sirens and the world crumbling. That's horrible. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, thank you for your understanding and kind messages during our break. And we're now back to our regularly, kind of regularly, maybe not regularly, I don't know, but regularly scheduled bullshittery. It's basically whenever I tell you we're going to do it. Yeah, and then I'm like, it should be oh, every shit. Week. Yeah, and I'm like, oh shit, can you give me like another day, another hour to prep yeah, <laughs> until yeah. the last minute? Yeah, well, so if you're new to running and new to this podcast for this year, we aim to put you off as soon as possible. And this uh, little preamble should have done that pretty well, I think. Um, coming up on the rest of the episode, we talk about shitting yourself, too many races, weird race distances, falling over and being coached by your shoes. Mm. <laughs> but firstly, a big get well soon to one of our previous guests, Kate McKenzie from Harrier, who has recently been in hospital after collapsing on a dog walk with non-COVID related lung and heart issues, which sounds absolutely awful. So we hope she has a speedy recovery. Yeah, shitty time to be in hospital for a week. I mean, there's never a good time, really. No. no. Um, So to catch up on the last episode, which was fucking ages ago, um, hopefully you remember in the last episode, very important, we had the great shit yourself while running debate and we held a couple of polls. We hope to share those with you. Uh, We can now do that on Twitter. Basically, the debate was if you're going to shit yourself during a run, would you rather it be a log or liquid? Very simple question. Uh, Twitter said 86% log. Instagram said 82% log. So, Amy, it's official. It's log people would rather have. Did I say liquid on whenever we spoke about you this? You did. And Amy, uh, a hot tip for you. Now, unlike on Twitter, on Instagram, the poller can see who has voted and how. I know. So you can't anonymously fuck with people like you do on Twitter. But this <laughs> revealed on Instagram that Amy voted for Log. Okay. I, I know that about Instagram. And I, okay, I will admit, I accidentally voted for Log. <laughs> <laughs> because have you ever done that thing on Instagram where somebody posts a poll and one of the answers is obviously really offensive if you answer it that way because obviously they're looking for you to answer it the other way yeah and you've accidentally clicked because as you're going through the stories with your finger you know you've accidentally clicked that up that part of the screen and you click the wrong answer 
and then you've had to message them and say, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I also, somebody was talking on Instagram, an Instagram story, somebody I don't know, like, you know, a quote-unquote influencer-type person, a runner, who's got thousands of followers, um, and they were talking about how their house burnt down and it was awful, and I accidentally sent the clapping reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to message them and say, I'm so sorry, I sent you the clapping emoji. Um, I hope you're okay. <laughs> and they didn't message back. But no. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, so I did vote for that by mistake. I was going to stick to my guns and say liquid. But the time off has left me with some time to reflect. That's why we took some time off, actually, because I need to reflect over this. Yeah, let, we'll be um, honest about it now. Uh, that was yeah, the main reason. Amy needed to have I, a good think. I think different scenarios warrant different answers. If I'm running on my own, I probably want a log because then I can just like get rid of it, mm. you know? Yeah. get rid of it in one thing but if i'm in a race i would feel less comfortable about getting rid of it so i think liquid and you're probably running faster in a race so you're going to finish quicker say it's like 5k or whatever because uh, if you're running fast you're probably more likely to shit yourself anyway i'd probably want the liquid because i wouldn't feel comfortable letting the log out again with all of those people around you, you'd rather have shit running down your legs yeah I don't want to let the log out because I'm just pulling my pants down and stuff. I can't reach in there and get the log. You'd have to like pull your pants down and release it. So I don't want to be doing that, flashing my bum to everyone. God, we really are back, aren't we? We are straight back in. (laughs) We're right in the groove here. That's my that's my rationale. So not always. Not everything's black and white. You can't solve all these big questions with a poll. Um, well, we had a few responses. Um, Sibby7 says, Running trots fucking suck. They take too long. A log is done and dusted fairly quickly. Running and keeping in a loose one slows you down as you have to really control your farts. Where there's a bit of structure, there's less risk. Just have to go when it's time. While I do agree with that, I just want to say there are too many exclamation marks on each of those sentences. So just tone that down next time, Sibby7. That's somebody off my own heart. I have to go back and delete exclamation marks from work emails because they often read like that in the first iteration. But I will say, like, okay, if it's going to be in your pants, you're not, surely that's not a, a choice. So I don't understand what you're saying, like the log is done and dusted. But in that sort of line of thinking, you, you'd squat and you'd get the log out. You know, if it's going to be liquid, it's going to be done. If it's going to be a log, it's going to be done quickly. Regardless of what it's going to be, if it ends up in your pants, that's going to be a quick situation, not like a, a rational choice. Or else you'd, do a, you'd find a secluded place and do a squat. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Flash Gordy says, I was once unlucky enough to be behind a guy in his 60s at mile eight of the Edinburgh Marathon who'd done a watery shite. I'm sure it was bad for him, but it was awful for everyone else too. So you've got to think of everyone else. I don't care. <sighs> I don't care. You know what? Good. Serves you right. Don't, don't run too close to me. COVID safe. Don't run too close. We do a water shit. Everyone will stay at least two meters away from you. It's uh, yeah, great. Um, Victoria at Eden Cottage said, "Still undecided." We were talking about this over dinner. Our first one in a restaurant in absolutely ages at the weekend. Until my other half put a stop to it. Oh, and now he, who is a non-runner, by the way, and only a listener by proxy, has just said he told his colleagues about it and they were discussing it at work today. Apparently they were astonished you wouldn't just stop. I mean, yeah, that didn't never really occur to us. That wasn't part of the scenario. Sorry. No, of course not. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, I thought we were carrying on with things. So. I mean, um. I don't know what else is there. <laughs> but great. No, I think all runners know that you just carry on. There's a reason why runners openly talk about their shit at the dinner table and when they're out at some fancy restaurant is because it doesn't matter. Just, you just do your thing and you carry on. Why would you stop? Life's too short. It's the kind of thing we think is normal. And, uh, yeah. The normals don't realise that's the kind of thing that we do. Exactly. 
So a great segue here. Uh, before we catch up on what we've been up to, if you want to go to the National Running Show in Birmingham on the 22nd and 23rd of January for free, you bloody well can. Uh, you just need to go to nationalrunningshowbirmingham.com, use the code BSPODCAST, which is all one word, and you'll get in for free. Thanks to Hannah Hopwood for setting that up for us. We'll be tweeting that and putting it on our socials later on as well. Thank you. So, Amy, let's catch up on two months' worth of bullshit. What have you been up to? I know. Well, prior to Christmas, it was pretty standard. Been doing some runs and stuff like that. Nothing blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Pretty standard. Nothing eventful, really, unless I've forgotten. Um, and then Christmas Eve, I had my booster vaccination and I had Moderna. And I felt absolutely bloody awful oh. for the next three or four days. Like, really, really unwell. Like, I took... I was taking lateral flow tests because I thought I had COVID. I was I was probably more unwell than the, the many, many people that did get COVID over Christmas. Yep. It was absolutely bloody awful. Um, and I wasn't I didn't have a bad reaction to the Pfizer one. It was Moderna, but I've heard lots of other people saying the same thing. But full on like fever, chills. I tried to go out for a bike ride on Boxing Day. Not a good idea. Five miles in, absolutely soaked in sweat from just breaking out into like a massive fever. Um so yeah, obviously didn't run over Christmas, which is a shame because I like to do like a Christmas day run, a boxing day run mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so no running over Christmas. Finally got to the point four days later when I was feeling well enough to run. Um, so me and Pippin went out for just a short run, just three miles. And it ended with me nearly having my leg broken by an Irish <laughs> wolfhound. And I'm not <laughs> exaggerating. Freya will say I'm exaggerating. She thinks I'm putting it on. I'm not. So... Me and Pippin go out for this run and we ended it at like a park near us, which is like a big field, um, where I met Freya with Finley, so like the dogs have a little run around at the end of the run, be let off lead and just run around and go crazy. And they start playing with this massive Irish wolfhound called Murphy, which we've met a few times before. And him and Pippin are just going mental, just like running round and round and round, having a whale of a time. And while this was all happening, like Freya was talking to the owners of Murphy and I was just stood like a few meters away on the phone um, i'm on the phone i looked out i look around and i see murphy making a beeline for me like running top speed this is i if listeners aren't familiar with with dog breeds irish wolfhounds are really big yeah i like, forget how really, big they are they're big yeah. they're big um so and this this one was crossed with a lurcher so it wasn't you know but it, it was big mm. it came up like to my hip it was a big dog um so I see it running full pelt at me, and the usual thing, if a dog is running towards you, you just stand still, because they'll, they're going to divert off, they can see you, if you stand to one side, that's when you're going to get hit, so I, I could see it happening in slow motion, I don't know, he didn't go to one side, he collided with the side of my leg, and <laughs> I swear to God, that impact, I thought he'd broken my leg, I thought his head hit just, but what's that, what's the bone that's like, your hip to your knee? Femur. Femur. Yeah, I thought he'd broken my femur. His head hit my femur. And I've got a massive bruise, like a wolfhound head-shaped <laughs> bruise on my leg there. And Freya said, like, I sort of fell in slow motion, like I crumpled to Did the ground. Did he just go straight through then? He went through, but I didn't, like... I wasn't, like, flung in the air. He hit my... The top of, like, like I said, just below my hip. And then the impact made my knee sort of twist inwards and like twist so I fell at like a really weird angle like twisted onto my knee I just like I just like crumpled to the ground and I was on the floor thinking I can't stand up like I've broken my leg and I was really worried about because the, the owners came running over and they're like you're you okay you're okay 
I was like really worried about standing up and not being able to walk because mm. I didn't want I didn't, I didn't want them to feel bad. Which that bloody dogs ran into me. Um, but I did manage to stand up. It was excruciatingly painful. I managed to limp home. But the the best thing about it was that Freya was more embarrassed than concerned. <laughs> she was like embarrassed of me that I'd fallen over. For God's sake, games! Stop messing like, around on the floor. <laughs> And afterwards, she was like, weren't you embarrassed? I was like, of course I wasn't fucking embarrassed. They had dogs running to me. They should be embarrassed. Yeah. Why would I be embarrassed? It's not my bloody fault. If I'd fallen over my own accord, which I do on a regular basis, I wouldn't be embar- I would be embarrassed. But yeah. And so basically, after that incident, I haven't been able to run for two weeks. Like today was the first yeah. day wow. I was able to get out for a run. It was like, and I still got a bit of leg, but like it properly twisted my knee. Yeah. So... So yeah, so I had days off over Christmas, feeling well after the booster, first day out for a run, and an Irish wolfhound runs into my leg. Cool. Um, can we have just a little, there is a little point of order on your Strava recently. Your walks have been um, tagged as hikes. Oh, do I, um, okay, there's a reason And you know, we've this. discussed is... this, unless you had sandwiches with you, it wasn't a hike. And it wasn't even a proper hike, like I wasn't walking fast or anything. I had Finley with me, I was pottering around. The reason for that is because my Coros watch doesn't seem to have a walk option on it. If anyone uses Coros and can tell me how to get that option, go ahead. Because I did feel a bit embarrassed about... That did make me embarrassed, tagging that as a hike when like I was walking. a 1.2k like, hike. Yeah, and I was, I was just doing like a mile. I did the mile. The mile took me like half an hour because I was with the dog. And I was, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, that, that, yeah, just to clear that up. I forgot to mention that. Thank you for bringing it up. Just clear it up to everyone. Could you, no, could you go back and, and update those, please? I could on Strava, couldn't I? Because Strava could, yeah. has a walk. No, no sorry, you just, should on Strava. Yeah, yeah. It's just my uh, my watch for some reason thinks everything's a hike when it's evidently not. Yeah. Oh, also, um, for last year, your year on Strava, how many kudos did you give out? Like eleven. Ele- nice. I received like three thousand. <laughs> you know, You're a hoarder. You don't, you don't bloody have like Kim Kardashian going around liking thousands of people's photos. Yeah. She gets the likes, yeah. you know. That's how you get rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna monetize it. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, what have you been up to these last however long? Um, you know, week, not not too much. Yeah, I was just on the national news and I've done six races. So oh, not yeah, apart yeah. from that, not really too much. Celebrity. Yeah. Well, I was on the news the other day. Then basically, the ITV were just looking for a quick story about if you've started running, um, you can join a club or whatever. And we just did a little thing in town. Um, people like um, doing like little warm ups behind us but for like two and a half minutes and they kind of looked a little embarrassed and a little unsure. It looks like some of them might still be there warming up. It was very funny. <laughs> uh, while me and a friend were just like chatting to the camera about, oh, you can just, all you have to do is get up and give it a go. And I'm like, really sorry. If anyone saw that from the podcast, I'm sorry you had to see that side of me. I'm not proud of it. You were using your full on like radio voice. Oh yeah, yeah. And big like arm gestures as well. Cause I yeah. kind of forget about that. I don't even know. Then I watch back and oh, what? my arms flapping all over the place. Oh, apparently that's just how I talk. So that was fun on on the news. I, 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 do, do people watch ITV news? I guess probably not. No. Not really. Do people no. watch like regular linear television? Oh, oh, God. Parents do, Maybe don't your they? Granddad does. Yeah, I, I swear everyone everyone probably had that over Christmas where they just go home to their parents over Christmas and they just watch BBC One all day every day. God. Well, we were. That, that's funny because that often reminds me of Christmas now. But we stayed here over Christmas just because of the new variant stuff yeah. and friends and not had a booster yet and all that and also i was unwell so i was really yeah. pleased i stayed home over christmas but we watched 90 day fiance on tlc all day good for you that's all, that's all we watched you know we yeah. just watched streaming all day and it was really nice actually not, 
And my mum was like texting me like, what are you watching? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm watching 90 Day Fiancé. She's like, you need to watch something Christmassy. So like, all right, Christmas. You need to watch just BBC One for the entire yeah. week. That's what parents do and that's what you will yeah. conform to. Watch EastEnders for like the first time in 20 years or something. Like <laughs> God. Um, right, so races. I'll try and bang through them fairly quickly. I did some tweets about them and things in the, in the meantime while we're off. Uh, first one was Howling Bull. That was a 10k trail race. That was a really long uphill to start. Then a flat section at the top, which wasn't actually flat. It was kind of overall uphill. And then the down was just really, really, really quick. So it basically felt like uphill for about 8k and then down a cliff and then a kind of a flat finish, which I couldn't sprint on. Uh, it was it was fun. It, the good thing about this race is a good feature. Um, when you get to that last bit, you've got an option. You can go the slightly longer, easier way downhill, or you can just kind of throw yourself down. So obviously I went for the throw yourself down the hill. And I like that. It's a good option to have on a race. Um, the tricky bit there was coming down the hill would have been okay, but this was end of November and December, and it basically just didn't rain the last kind of quarter of last year, really. And so even in like December, it was just all thick, dry leaves. So you couldn't actually see the floor of where you were standing so you didn't know what the surface was like so it was really hard to go quickly down there and then it, i got into a narrow section down the hill which i could have done quick but i got stuck behind someone um and then it was flat and then she just overtook me so but that was good that was howling bull that was kind of a mumlish away that was a good race also uh can across friendly which is always a good option uh, i also did cross country that was at pembrey country park no mud at all um, but plenty of knee pain, which ruined my second lap. I did pretty well. Knee started to really hurt. Second lap was really, really horrible and freezing cold. But You don't know about knee pain. I don't know about knee pain. Until you've had an Irish wolfhound run into your knee, you don't know about knee pain. That is what they say. Um, yeah, I'm still <laughs> waiting to do cross-country, a properly muddy one. It still hasn't happened for me yet. Uh, weirdly, in Wales. Um, I then did a Canacross race, and that was obviously amazing. It's probably one of the highlights of my running year. It was about 5 point. 2k uh, it was a really narrow windy course it was only about 50 meters of elevation uh, but there was quite a lot of sand and just like little twisty turny bits but just running with william uh, fast through a little course like that was so so good um I, something i found out as well overtaking is really hard when you're doing canagross because i we went off 10 seconds apart I caught the person ahead of me fairly quickly when it was still a fairly wide path and it was overtakeable. So I thought, right, I'm going to overtake. When I'm with William on the long uh, lead, we're about three metres long. And so overtaking someone who's also that long and also running really fast, it took ages to overtake. And I had to really sprint hard to overtake and then stay ahead of her then. It was really hard work. And the rest, the other people, I did overtake another three, but they all kind of got to a point where they stood aside and let us through, which is great because Canicross runners are quite good like that because I know there's a few reactive dogs out there. So the owners know just to pull them off to the side. William was fantastic, obviously. Um, And basically he didn't need any directing at the turns, which was great because we realised because he's got 20 dogs ahead of him he can smell all those other dogs ahead so every time we got to like a crossroads or a junction he'd always turn the right way there was only a few times when there was a little odd kind of left right or something i'd have to give him a direction but each time as soon as i say left or right you know he just turns really sharp but we yeah didn't realize until uh, afterwards when we were talking about it yeah he's obviously following the other dogs he can smell them so that makes it a better incentive for him he, obviously he's having a lot of fun kind of trying to track down those dogs we overtook about four people which is great going off 10 seconds apart means i did pretty well and we beat a friend who's a much better runner than me so that's always nice when you can beat someone who's a better runner than you because she's running with um, a dalmatian who's big and strong but doesn't pull that hard so that was always fun is william usually tired after races because it's a lot of mental stimulation as well like compared to like just running 
normally with him. He is absolutely battered. If he runs hard with me, because he has to pull me, I'm about four times his weight. Um, it's yeah, different yeah. with Holly. He's not as tired with Holly because obviously she's lighter. But with me, I'm slower and I'm heavier. And he is absolutely battered at the end of those races. He did. He drunk so much and just like hit the deck at the end. He absolutely loves it though. You can see there's um, photos or the photo, the cover photo of this podcast. Um, he's having such a good time because he just loves running fast. But it's so much harder than just running off lead. Even if he runs further and faster because he has to pull me, it's hard. So, though, yeah, those canicross races are amazing. Uh, hopefully we can do a few more of those. Uh, the next one was Skirid. That was a fell race, and it is mental. You just know it's called Skirid. It's not going to be friendly, is it? It's no. not like, going to be a nice hill. Um, the thing that really made me laugh, some poor sheep at the start. We started in a, sh- in a sheep field, and just to start with, because there's a gate fairly uh, early on, we just do a lap of the field first just to spread people out so they can all get through the gate. But some sheep had kind of wandered out of their barn, and we're stuck in the middle of the field. So we're running around the field. The sheep are like, shit, shit, shit. Where do we go? Where do we go? Run that way. Ah, they're all running that way. So we're kind of rounding up these sheep all the way around. Well, they're in the middle, having no idea what to do. Um, and also on this uh, fell race, it's kind of interesting. There's just a good reminder about fell running. There was a mountain rescue actually happening on the other side of the hill while we ran. I think it was some walkers, actually. But it just kind of, someone, the guy did in the race briefing, just a little reminder there, of these places are actually quite dangerous and it's yeah. really easy to get in trouble. So there was an active mountain rescue happening and one of the guys who was supposed to be running the race was there directing the rescue. Um, we didn't actually, I don't think we, I think we diverted a little bit and we didn't see them. But uh, yeah, it's, just, it's a nice little reminder just for a really hard race. So this one, we ran through a couple of fields and up to the top. Uh, That was about two and a half kilometres with about 300 metres of climb. That was just like a fairly normal hard path. You know, you get to the hard path and you just kind of walk it out, hands on knees, push your way to the top. Kind of a fairly standard big hill, basically. And then we at the top, we dropped down kind of through some rocks. You kind of had to clamber through. There was a path through some rocks and over around some little narrow parts and dropping yourself down here and there. The second climb, I had a quick look on Strava of this. It was 100 metres up, but we only covered 200 metres. So that was pretty much a 45-degree climb for a couple of hundred metres, and that was properly terrifying. Another one of these scary hills that I put a video on our social media uh, straight after this. And again, I've said before, you can't properly describe those climbs to someone that hasn't done them. Because it is, and it was quite narrow. It kind of dropped away both sides as well, so it felt very exposed. There wasn't really much visibility, and you just felt very isolated. Oh, that was that was a bit scary. Uh, there was kind of a similar downhill then for slightly longer, but you again because it's so steep, it was fairly smooth, not rocky or anything. But there was these little thorny bushes and ferns, and so that was really hard. A couple of times I did trip and went down on my ass, but I, I kind of just had to fall on my ass. Because if I put my hands down, they'd get stung to shit. So I just kind of fell on my ass and jumped back up again. And then it was kind of a, a very kind of runnable 2K down to the finish through all the fields, which I did I did pretty well on. So I was I was very happy with that. I feel like I I feel like I just walk all of that race. Like I feel like I'd be yeah. pussy footing around everything. I just like I understand people walking the uphills, like a yeah. lot of people walk uphill, but even downhills sometimes I find more difficult. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah, if it's yeah. like uneven terrain and I'm just like a pussy with those sort of things anyway. So yeah, yeah walk Absolutely. Right I think it. my my down some of the downhill was slower than my uphill just because it's you just can't do anything because it's so steep and you can't because they've got these little bushes and ferns you can't actually see the surface you're running on oh that was that was a scary one 
Um, the next day, great, I did a club handicap race. That was a 5K. That was actually my fastest in about three years, so I was super happy with that. Um, it was my fastest in three years. I beat my estimated time by a minute. A handicap race is where you kind of give an estimated time and you run against that. So in theory, everyone finishes at the same time. The person who wins is whoever beats their time by the most. So it kind of it's good kind of a even race for everyone. It kind of favors newer runners as well, which I think is a good thing. Um, so I ran my fastest about three years and I only finished seventh. So everyone else did, I guess everyone else did well, good for them. Um, it did make me realize though, running fast on a flat course is so much harder than all of us, all of those other races I've just talked about. I was aching for days after that because I've not done a proper hard flat out 5k since Easter. And it's so hard. I forgot I used to do that regularly. Oh, it's gross. I'm not interested. I've said before on the podcast, not interested in a 5k that's no. flat. Like if it, if I'm running a 5k... I want it to be up a fucking mountain yeah. where I can walk some of it. You're you like know? PB's not, I don't want to run fast. I don't want to be out of breath. I can't be asked with it. Oh, it's so horrible. Oh. Um, so that that was all before Christmas. All of those was in that was five races in four weeks before Christmas. I then had a lovely two weeks off over Christmas of racing, and then just yesterday I did another fell race at Krygeracht in Cardiff. That's a kind of relatively easy fell race because it's only six point four k and about three hundred and fifty meters of climb. And that's a relatively small one, but because it is quite short, you run it hard. And again, it's just really horrible. Um, I jumped over one person who fell over. That's always funny. I've got some good photos of me doing an overtake down the hill, kind of off the path, which was very scary. Um, and I did it two minutes quicker than I did it two years ago. So I'm very happy about that. And also confirmed a fell running, probably a trail running um, constant, which is when you get to the steepest or fastest part of a descent, that's when the wind hits your eyes it makes tears go in your eyes and you have to wipe an eye while running down a steep hill so you have no depth perception uh, that happened constantly all the way down the hill so that was that was good fun so that that's all i've been up to just those six races i feel like i've been really lazy you have yeah yeah, I know. And I've got two more fell races the next two weeks. Oh, Jesus. God, I know. I know. It's just all stacked up over winter. <laughs> but frankly, these are the kind of races I would rather do. Trail and fell races in winter, I think, is much more fun than running fast runs in you know, late spring. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No more fast runs. No, no more, ever for me. I need to get you into some of these really silly ones, though, because it'll be funny. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll just walk the whole thing, but that's fine. <laughs> Ah, so um, move on with the rest of the episode. Um, last time as well, we spoke about race photos and, you know, if they're worth it, blah, blah, blah. And, well, as you'll have seen on our cover photo, there's a lovely race photo of me and William that I did buy. Because after all that discussion, we did actually buy some uh, race photos. Because um, Holly ran a race first and I ran a couple of weeks later. Um, now, first of all, when we were buying the ones of Holly, the, the low res uh, versions of the photos were £5 each. And that was for a 1600 pixel uh, image which I thought was pretty good and 10 pounds for the full resolution and we thought we're well, only sharing them online so we bought two for a fiver each because we thought that was really good and they were good photos the photos that arrived were 800 pixels so I emailed back and said excuse me these weren't what we were offered and they sent the full um, images back which were 4,000 pixels so that's nice we got some uh, good uh, images uh, cheaper than it should have been um, but then when I did the race and I just wanted one photo and we thought I'd go for the same but I went on the website and the high-res photos were then 1,600 pixels. I know I've talked about pixels a lot here, but basically they've just they've lowered what they said. So before the low-res one was 1,600 pixels and five quid, now the high-res ones are 1,600 pixels and 10 pounds. So 
but it's good enough for you know for sharing online. It's not as if I'm going to be printing these and putting them anywhere, but it's a good photo. Good enough for the gram, which is the main thing. That's the main thing. What I really loved, um, our friend uh, who uh, Cassie ran with Oscar, her Dalmatian. There's a great photo in a similar position to me, or the person ahead of her. You can see their photo, but you can see Oscar on the little hill behind, just having a little squat where he's having a poo. <laughs> So it's just like a little fo- out of focus uh, Dalmatian having a poo at the top of the hill. I think she I should have that. bought that one. That's worth a fiver, surely. Oh, definitely. I, I think they're, they're really good prices, actually. Like, yeah. I feel like we talked about, like you say, race photos a little while ago. Um, I think 10 quid for a full res- resolution photo. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, sure. even yeah. So these ones we got five quid, I think, 800 pixels. Yeah, that's fine. For, for looking at it on a phone, that's absolutely fine. Mm. So hopefully they did well from that. And I did like all of those photos that all of the dogs are like pulling really hard, apart from Oscar, who got to the photographer and went, yay, friend, and ran towards the photographer. That would be Pippin. That would literally be Pippin. <laughs> yay. And on to Patreon. All this bullshit is funded by you. And by you, I mean you if you're already giving us money and not you if you're not. If you'd like to be one of those that are, you can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and do that. So this episode's donors were James Lampert, Tim Hughes, Chris Whitmore, Brian Simpson, Amanda Murray Hind, Matthew Ward, Neil Denton, Anthony Howe, Matt Caffin, Sherry Grubbs, Elliot Line, Kel Ryder, Jellyson Spinks, Angela Boss Wales, Lisa Gibbon, Maria Wicks. Gordy Thelwell, Victoria Knight, Phillips, Matt H, Matt Lees, Liz Reese, Penny Simpson, Ruth KP, Stuart Stevens, Rich Gimes, Steph Hall, Ian Hales, Sophie Jacks, Paul Hibbert, Bernadette McCarthy. Hernandez, Hugh Phillips, Simon Ross, Nikki Genders, Claire Dina, Kurt Shepherd, Charlie Nanderson, Kath Everard, Matt Martin, Catherine, Victoria Magnus, David Owen, Clark Gilmore, Carl Fleming, Debbie Hurley, Victoria Dick, Colin Hill, Julia Payne, Ian Thompson, Rachel Bentley, Matt Garner, Matt Jones, Sam Wavy, Ivan Hewitt, Karen Hamilton, Jay, Jay, Jay. What a banger. Let's move on with your messages. Don't forget, you can get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. We need your content. So our first message is from Twitter and somebody's got a blue tick as well. Blue tick? We made oh, it. We're fancy. Yeah. At P underscore M underscore Davis. Rubbish handle. Yeah. But blue, blue tick, tick so yeah. Blue tick. Um, says, I'm listening for the first time this morning. Really enjoyed episode 75. Really refreshing and funny. Wow. I must admit, I do have no idea what we talked about in episode 75. Uh, I could do you an hour on how much I hate people handing out sweets during races. My issue is the sweaty, germy hands, but also how towards the end of the race, when I'm tired and weak, I give in and accept them. Then I just hate myself. 
Yeah, your immune system suffers anyway when you run really hard. When you start taking those germy sweets, ugh. Oh, gross. Sticky gross. children's hands. Yeah, and I wonder if that will change, like, post-COVID. Well, not post-COVID yet, but you know what I mean? Like, people are a lot more aware of germs oh, yeah, and hands. And got the Cardiff half coming up the end of March. There'll be, like, kids handing out sweets. People just be slapping them out of their hands. Yeah. Like, no, stop yeah. it. <laughs> well, there'll be, there'll be the parent um, a few yards up then with, like, hand sanitizer yeah, for everyone as yeah. well. Uh, Jen Danger Harding, no relation, uh, message to say, Today I ran a race called the Newans 9. How far is it, you might wonder? Nine miles? No. Okay, nine kilometres then. Wrong again. The Newant 9 is 9.5 kilometres, obviously. Can't say it was bullshit, though, as I quite enjoyed it. Even the undulations and the tractors trying to squeeze past on the country lanes. Um, ben Timpson also replied, and he said the Seaview 17 is 21 miles. And I've got to say, I find this very amusing. And I would like more weirdly named and described races, please. Yeah, definitely. Why? I want to know, why is Seaview 17 called Seaview 17? Uh, it's inflation, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> So Amanda Murray Hyde has messaged with a lovely picture attached to it and says, fucking falling 3.65 kilometres into your first West Yorkshire Winter League trail race, resulting in my first ever did not finish. It's fucking bullshit. X-ray says ankle not broken. So next one in two weeks. Uh, yeah, the ankle looks broken. <laughs> yeah, lovely puffy ankle. The nice little bruise along just below the ankle bone there. That's when you know it's really bad. And a lovely bloody knee as well. Um, she also messaged to say that she fell and her first thought was to turn to the oncoming runners to tell them to keep going to get those precious cross-country points for their teams what a team player <laughs> what a team player just I on her back and be... she was over the shoulder like yeah keep going keep going you're fine <laughs> oh my god legend oh. gotta get those points gotta for league tables that no one else cares about this is why I don't do cross-country many reasons why you don't I do not have that like, no team spirit at all no, no, no. Do not give a shit over, about the team. I'm trying to trip everyone else. Spill my pain as well. <laughs> I'm taking you down with me. Uh, we had a message from Jason Brennis. He said, hi, guys. Love the podcast. I listen to it on my runs a lot. What is BS is non-runner personal trainers at the gym advising against running and saying it's bad for knees. Uh, I used to use PT at gym and told him I go running three or four times a week. And he advised me to use a treadmill instead and do more cardio in the gym. I've had friends who use PTs and had the same advice. It's safe to say I stopped using that PT and carried on what I love doing, which is running. Yeah, I think if you go to a PT and they fundamentally tell you to do something different to what you're doing, that's clearly not the right person for you. I just I just feel like more PTs should have some sort of sports science background. like Because if you look at like the latest research on running and knees and all that sort of stuff, Firstly, running actually strengthens yeah. your knees and the knee cartilage and stuff. And where, yeah, excessive running over time does gradually erode knee cartilage. Like, so does other activities. And actually, the health benefits in terms of everything else in your body yeah. far outweighs any damage. So if you run ultras a lot, sure, you can wear away some of the knee cartilage, whatever. But the benefits of all that running far outweigh the negatives. Like, yeah. any any form of exercise, there's going to be benefits and there's going to be, you know, negative impacts as well. But at the end of the day, for most runners, it's going to strengthen your knees more than it's going to damage them. And there's so much research saying that. Like, it's so easy to debunk. It's just these common myths that people just spout out. And I think, coming from a PT, they should maybe be a bit more informed. Well, clearly the PT has a vested interest in you staying at the gym. 
that's the thing. And if you say, I go running three or four times a week, they go, nah, nah, you need to be in the gym more. I mean, that, that suits them. That suits the PT and not you. There, you know, there's all kinds of PTs and listeners may use PTs that are great, but it just seems like a red flag to me that you say you want to run and they say, nah. If they've got a vested interest in keeping you in the gym, that's yeah. not that doesn't suit you. That suits them. That's not really what a personal trainer is. No. And the gym I used to go to, which was like, I, I, I haven't been going as much lately, but the, one mm. of the reasons why I like it, it's like group classes. It's not exactly a PT, mm. but it's group classes. Um, and the guy running it, you know, he knows how much I run. He doesn't tell mm. me not to run. I just say, oh, what are some good exercises to do to help, to help prevent running injuries? Yeah. And he tells me. He doesn't say, well, don't run. He tells yeah. me the best exercise to do to prevent running injuries. Yeah. Or if I have an injury from running and I'm in a bit of pain and I come, he'll tell me like how to um, adapt the exercises we're doing that day mm. so that I'm not aggravating an injury and so that I'm helping that injury. He's not like, well, don't run. You know, it's yeah. not their business to be saying stuff like that anyway. You know, they, they, they PTs, like the one you're talking about, need to stay in their own lane and deal with stuff yeah. at the gym, not what you're running around doing outside the gym. Anyway, so Rianne Evans at Love to Hate to Run. Love the handle there. Very mm-hmm. much on brand with our podcast. She was listening to the episode when we had Vic Owens on, who sent us a horrific image of her back after chafing. And it looks like she's been in some sort of terrible accident. But no, it's just from chafing. Uh, so Rianne said, just listen to this episode and scrolled through a year's worth of tweets just to find the image. And honestly, it's better slash worse than I expected. Yeah, it's every time I see it, I'm like, oh, God. That's so bad. I, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten about this whole situation. I was like, when I looked through the notes, I was like, what had happened? Did she fall or something? It I looks like she's been in a car accident. It's horrendous. Yeah. yeah, and I remember the chafing bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we've also had, oh, speaking of scary things, we've also had a chat to some fellow podcasters from the Running Scared podcast, which is all about horror and thriller movies. But a cool thing they do is a series of jog casts, which are their own running stories about zombies and vampires that they've scripted and recorded, which is perfect for all you zombies run fans out there to listen to on your runs. Uh, part three of Blood at Night. That's, that, was, that was my version of it. Uh, that's released very soon. So if you're into horror films and you want a creepy story to run to, check out the Running Scared podcast. Why not? I'm definitely going to download that and take a listen because I love those sort of more immersive things i like zombies run for that reason although i did look crazy because part of zombies run is that you hear the zombies coming so you run faster yes so every now and again i just start sprinting which was quite like very suddenly well no (laughs) that's what normal people do amy if they're doing like interval training not not the way i did you know you like screaming "Ah!" and flapping your arms (laughs) most people don't shout just before they do it and then run at top speed And on to our semi-regular feature of Bullshit Marketing. Uh, We're back with a couple of fantastic submissions. Uh, The first one here um, is a box that says four phytofocus capsules for limitless activewear performance. And get ready to unleash phytofocus scent technology. So I think this is like some washing powder or something or a washing (laughs) capsule for sportswear. Yeah, because it's by Gym Spin or something, which makes me think maybe like your gym gear, your workout gear, spinning in yeah, a washing machine. Yeah, I'm getting loads of adverts for this now. I don't know what they're trying to say, but I'm getting loads of adverts for, like, wash your clothes. I'm like, yeah, I know. Piss off. Um, the best line from their website, perhaps because I looked at the website, I made the mistake, and now I'm getting the adverts. The best line says, your activewear is an investment and a uniform of choice to progress your human potential. What? It sounds a bit fascist. I mean, to progress... <laughs> 
I don't think my kit being clean progresses my human potential. <laughs> like a uniform of choice to progress your human potential. I don't like those vibes. That they're, they're not it. That's not it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's a little bit like much, you. isn't it? And like, stop saying the word phytofocus. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I was wondering that. I was trying to break it down. What that means, and I was thinking phyto, like like an image, like photo, like I was trying to break down how they've created that word. So phyto prefix is plant, basically. So plant focus is what that uh, means. So I guess you can so clean your clothes with plants, like plant-based stuff. To yeah, like the ingredients are from plants. I, I think know. if no, I don't know if I'm cleaning my gym clothes like that properly, I want chemicals. I want harsh yeah. chemicals. Yeah, yeah, created in Russia in a nuclear power plant. Absolutely, you know? yeah. <laughs> And Fiona Wallen sent us this page from a magazine with the Under Armour Hover Mega 2 Clone shoes, uh, which says these shoes will coach you, which basically just means that Under Armour owns Map My Run, which can make training plans for you. Yes, that's basically it. That's as far as I can see. And it seems like the shoes fit well, which is, uh, you know, a really huge uh, thing. Yeah, and one-to-one personalised coaching. Yeah. It's just yeah, a training plan. It's just an automatic yeah. training plan. Yeah, I, I see about the fitting things, like locking you in for a smoother run. I don't want to be locked in. I don't <laughs> want to be locked into my shoes. That's like a horror... That is like... That could be a horror podcast. You, know, you get locked into the shoes and you you can't stop running, you know? No, you must carry on running. I am your coach. Run, I run, run. I love, like, how a lot of these ads and stuff are always like, you must run, you must only run, you must run all the time. And it's like, that's how you get injured. <laughs> Just calm. No, no, but we think one-to-one personalised coaching, you couldn't get injured because uh, it knows yeah, you that well. There you go. Perhaps we can do our own podcast about a horror pair of shoes that take you for a run and never stop. Isn't I love how they say it's like a personalised fit as well. Like, is it though? It's not. Well, of course, it? Unless someone is coming around from Under Armour yeah. to measure your feet and like they're sitting there crafting away a little pair of shoes just for you. That's not what that is. It's, it's a lie. It's not a personalised fit. They just adapt and flex a bit like all shoes do. Calm down, yeah. Under Armour. <laughs> right, it's that time again. It's that time. You've all missed it. It's the bullshit. It's the bullshit running news. My favourite thing is two months off. You have not thought of that for a second in those two no. months until you just saw those words on the script. No. And I panic, and I always do the first two words really long, so it gives me a chance to think about what I'm going to do next. I don't know whether anyone else has noticed. And then, th- and then you just go, news. News. Yeah, let's get over with quick. <laughs> 76 episodes. Haven't, haven't figured this out yet. Um, there's not much news about at the moment, which you might expect because it's January and nothing really happens. Uh, there's just a new 100-mile world record in a stupid time of 10 hours and 48 minutes. That's Alexander Sorokin, who took 24 minutes off his own record. He then carried on, because he wasn't finished, uh, to do 100 10 miles in 12 hours which is also a record what is with these people he didn't do it consecutively did he, he didn't yeah. run two, what two, he ran 210 miles in total no no 110 miles in total in 12 oh, he, I see. it was a 12 hour run but he set a 100 mile record on the way just oh i see i was like jesus he did that and he's like right i was gonna bring out another 110 yeah. do that like, 100 miles jesus. in 24 hours is kind of a benchmark of like being a decent distance runner he did it in less than 11 mad i don't care for it just stop maybe he was locked into his shoes oh yeah perhaps he had a he had a one-to-one personalized fit yes <laughs> uh, so if anyone see if anyone spots any bullshit running news next few weeks let us know because it's hard to come by this time of year uh so Stuart, what have you got coming up next 
But as I said, two more fell races, and this is all basically so I can make it to five out of the eight in a series and get a place on a final series leaderboard, which again, no one cares about except me. I'll finish like halfway down one series leaderboard that no one else is going to look at. Um, that's the Kimmenfell race in Monmouth and Cum Nanty Grice near Abertillery, uh, which is like a proper unmarked map and compass kind of job. So oh, no. hopefully the weather's no, not no, horrendous no. for that. Yeah, it looks pretty no. bad. Yeah, that sounds horrendous. I, you could give me an unmarked map and a compass, and I wouldn't use be able to use any of them. And I just no, probably not the races for you. No, def definitely not. I like whenever I enter an ultra that I haven't run before, I message the organizer and say, um, "Is the route fully marked?" <laughs> and if it's a no, I'm not entering yeah. it. <laughs> and when you say fully marked, do you mean like every twenty yards, ideally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little person running in front with a flag, like guiding me. Yeah, that would be handy. Yeah. Uh, so how about? <laughs> How about you? Have you got anything planned? Anything coming up? Um, I've got Reda round the lakes in March. That was that race I did and I hated I'm doing it again. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. We did a long section on this race and how much, how awful it was and how much you hated yeah. it. Yeah. You're doing it again. But can I just say, firstly, that was because I ran it after doing like an ultra marathon and then uh, a really hilly marathon that took me eight hours to do nonstop because it was so bloody hilly. Like, that was a few weeks after doing that. Okay. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, it's because as well, I'm going with uh, with Jen, who I ran it with, with last time, Jen Danger Harding, um, and we're going to stay in a nice little cabin and stuff. So Aww. I can't, you know, I've got to go and do the race, but I get to stay in a nice little cabin in the Elan Valley. It'll be nice. Okay, that's that sounds a bit nicer. At least you yeah. know the horror that's coming this time. Oh my god, that hill! I'm not sure if that it makes it hill. better or worse though. Sometimes I know, and I know the thing is that race, and I talked about it last time. It's like all club runners doing it, so I know I'm going to finish like pretty much last, and I'm fine with that because you know the sort of people entering are like there's not people just going out for a jolly like me. It's yeah. hardcore club runners that were running up that fucking hill. Yeah, and I, I think, and that I, hill is four miles. It's four mile yeah. hill. So if you walk up all the way up that hill, you're at the back then, and you're stuck at the back, and I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I think at the time there hadn't been many races before that, and so these were all the, like the proper hardcore runners who really wanted to race. Because mm. I yeah. was at the finish yeah, line, yeah. and it was funny. They were really throwing themselves over the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, we when we finished, we were like the, we were pretty much. I think there was two other people afterwards, and then another person got pulled off the course for whatever reason. They were injured or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were finished. They were like packing up. They were done. <laughs> but it took us like, but if that was like more of a mass participation race, we wouldn't have been like the last runners. It yeah. took us, okay. it was 18 miles, extremely hilly. And it took us just over four hours for yeah. a very hilly course, which is probably like a lot of people would do it in about that time. So I'm not bothered about it. But Own it. Yeah. Own it. I just owned sashay it. Yeah, over yeah. the line. Yeah, practicing moonwalk and just go over the line like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I am still concerned because it's that race. It's the same race where there's no cutoff time, but they reserve the right to like pull you from the course if you're not fast enough. So, <laughs> so if you're shit, we'll just take you off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like a bit of a subjective uh, judgment about it. So. That sounds. To be honest, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. I'd love that job. Yeah. Um, so anyway if you've enjoyed this bullshit you can visit runningisbs.com that's where you'll see show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our Patreon our merch store and our social medias goodbye have a lovely 2022